Shalom, wonderful people of God. My name is Pastor Samuel Autry from Christ Wisdom Assembly. And you are welcome to my podcast. Before we go into the word, I would like to say a prayer. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that even as the word comes to us, let it settle within our hearts. Let angels minister to us. Father, I pray that even as this word comes to us, in this spirit of confusion, in this spirit of depression, is dismissed in the name of Jesus. Father, your word is spirit. And the Bible says that your word is like two-edged sword. I declare, O oh God, that even as our dear listeners listen to this message, let there be miracles, let there be testimonies, and let them be healed from any oppression that they are going through in the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that you grant us understanding that you enlighten us by the Holy Spirit and even give us greater revelations for your word makes me understand that deep call it unto you. Thank you, Jesus, for such a wonderful encounter. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right. So, the word that I have for us today is a very deep one. And I would like every listener to buckle up and listen with open-hearted and all readiness of mind with the help of the Holy Spirit to help us all understand the things of the Spirit, the universe as a whole, and even understand God more. Today's topic has been one that most men of God has touched on and as much as I know there are people who or preachers who may have done a little work on that but today I seek not to um, say things that would put me on the um, on the top or should I say things that would um, would make me the um, the all-knowing <laughs> pastor no but the knowledge that I acquired by the special grace of God 
is what I intend to impart and give out and share to every believer that they may also understand the things of the Spirit and understand God more. Alright. So, I want to talk about the two ages before the Adamic man. The two ages before the Adamic man. The two ages before the Adamic man. A lot of times we've heard how that people say that there was a pre-Adamic world and there existed beings before Adam. Is that true? Can we prove that from the scriptures? That door is actually that God has given me to open that people may flood in with full understanding. All right. So let's go into that. Now, according to scriptures, there are seven epochs or seven ages when it comes to the dealings with God's creation. Seven epochs or seven ages. Now, we read the book of Revelations, the chapter 8, the verse 2. And the word of God shows us how that there are seven angels that have seven trumpets standing before the throne of God. The book of Revelations, the chapter 8, the verse 2 says that, And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Now the scripture says that I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Now, the Bible didn't say he saw seven angels, no. The KJV emphatically said, I saw the seven angels, the seven angels, which actually denotes a specific number of angels who constantly are standing before the throne of God. He says, and I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Now, we move to the book of Revelations, the chapter 10, the verse 7. And the Bible says that, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he had declared to his servants the prophet. He said, But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he had declared to his servants the prophets. Now, meaning 
because we read the book of Revelation chapter 8 and the Bible says that there are seven angels standing before God and each of them are giving trumpets. Now, the Revelations chapter 10, the verse 7 is now telling us that the seventh angel in his days when he shall sound that the mystery of God should be finished. The mystery of God should be finished. Now, I would like for us to understand what the mystery of God is because we read the book of Colossians, the chapter 2, the verse 2. And the Bible says that, when I read it in NIV, it says, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. So, if I am understanding the scripture very well, it simply means that when we read the book of Revelation chapter 10, the verse 7, it says that, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished. Now, we read the book of, the book of Colossians, the chapter 2, the verse 2, and the Bible says that this mystery of God is Christ. That the mystery of God, which is namely Christ, should be finished. Now, we read Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 in NLT, and it says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they may understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. Oh, meaning, according to the book of Revelation, when the seventh angel sounds that the mystery of God, which is Christ, should be finished. It simply means that God has a plan. Because when we read Colossians chapter 2, verse 2 in NLT, it is telling us that, it says, I want them to, complete, to have complete confidence that they have understanding of God's mysterious plan. So, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So, God has a plan. Now, this plan is named Christ. And this plan is a mystery. Now, according to the book of Revelation, the chapter 7, the Bible is telling us that when the seventh angel sounds, that is when this plan of God will be finished. Braco said that the Hosai. That is when this plan of God should be finished. I'm going somewhere. Now, when we read the book of Revelation, um, the book of Hebrews, the chapter one, the verse one to two, it says that God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, now look at verse two, had in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He had appointed heir of all things, by whom He also made the wells, by whom he also made the wells. 
Now, when we read this scripture, people tend to think the word of God was talking about the world as in the stars and the heavens and the earth. But this, the Bible is saying something beyond that. Now, when we read that same verse in MSG, it says that going through a long line of prophets, God has been addressing our ancestors in different ways for centuries. Recently, he spoke to us directly through his son. By his son, God created the world in the beginning and it will all belong to the son at the end. <clears throat> God created the world in the beginning and it will all belong to the son at the end. Now, reading it in YLT, it, it, it expands it very well. You see that in these days, in these last days, did speak to us in the son. The verse 2, that is the verse 2, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he did make the ages. He did make the ages. Oh, meaning he made the ages in Christ, which is the mystery which is to be finished. Oh, now, let us take it back so that we understand this very well. Now, this world here in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 is not the world that we live in now. However, the Bible is saying that God made the ages, not made the world as we see now, but the ages. And we are understanding that if God made the ages and he's speaking through his son, which is part of his mystery, then the mystery of God is actually divided into ages. So it is actually in Christ that God planned the ages. So when we read the book of Ephesians, the chapter 2 verse 1, and Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8 to 9, the KJV and the YLT, the YLT says that, in which once he did walk according to the age of this world, according to the ruler of the authority of the air. Let's read. I'm beginning to love the scriptures. I'm beginning to love the scriptures. It says that in which once ye did walk according to the age of this world, according to the ruler of the authority of the air, of the spirit, that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Now, we read that same verse in KJV, and the Bible says that, And you had he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. The verse 2, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worked in the children of disobedience. Now, remember here he says, according to the course of this world. Now, we read that same word, in YLT, 
And the Bible is now saying that the world there is not just world, but ages. According to the ages. Now, why actually says the book of Ephesians the chapter 2 verse 1 thank you Holy Spirit why else says also you being dead in the trespasses and the sins in which once ye did walk according to the age of this world mm. according to the age of this world according to the ruler of the authority of the prince of um, of the authority of the air of the spirit that is working that is now working in the sons of disobedience now we move to the chapter 3 the verse 9 and the bible says that and to cause all to see what is the fellowship of the secret that had been hid from the ages in God, my goodness, who the all things did create by Christ Jesus, and to cause all to see what is the fellowship of the secret that had been hid from the ages in God, who the all things did create by Christ. Now, when you also read the book of Matthew chapter 24, the verse 3, it says, and as he has sat upon the mount, and as he sat upon the mount of olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming? End of the end of the world. Now, when you read that same verse in YLT, he says that, and when he is sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came near to him by himself, saying, Tell us, when shall these be? And what is the sign of thy presence? And of the full end of the age. And of the full end of the age. Which simply means that the world here that we are seeing in the KJV does not simply mean the world. Because when you read it in the KJV, look at the question that the disciples asked. He said, tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming? And it didn't end there. Because if they were talking about the sign of his coming, it would have ended there. But look at what they asked. He said, and of the end of the world. Now, we read that end of the end of the world in YLT, and it is saying that end of the full end of the age. Now, which simply means that when we read the book of Revelations, the chapter 10, the verse 7, because the verse, the chapter 8, the verse 2 made us understood that there are seven angels that stand before God. And these seven angels were holding trumpets. Now, we read the chapter 10. The verse 7, and the Bible is saying that when the seventh angel is sounding, that seventh angel, when he sounds, that seventh angel in his sounding is what brings the mystery of God to an end. And the book of Colossians chapter 2 verse 2 made us understood that the mystery of God is namely Christ. Now, we read, we read that one in NIV 
or NLT. And the Bible is telling us that the mystery of God is also known as the mysterious plan of God. Now, this mysterious plan of God in the book of Hebrews, the chapter 1, the verse 2 is making us understand that that plan was now made in Christ. Which simply means that the mysterious plan of God is actually from the first age to the seventh age. And prior to the sounding of the trumpet of the seventh angel, that is when the mysterious plan of God, which is namely Christ, shall be finished. No wonder the Bible says that in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And the word came to tabernacle among us. Now, if you understand this very carefully, then we can understand how that Christ was actually <laughs> the plan of God. If we really want to understand how God made this universe, we would then get to know that Christ is actually the truth that we can actually ponder on to understand the mysteries of God. Now, going in deeper, when you read the book of Genesis, the chapter 1, the verse 1, and the verse 2, now, we know heaven and earth have been created. He says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we read the verse 2 and the Bible says that, and the earth was without form. Avoid. Now, if you know a little bit of the gap theory, you will know that between the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and the verse 2 are billions of years. There are billions of years. You see, from Jesus to us now is 20 and 23 years. And from Adam to Jesus was actually 4,000 years. So barely 6,000 years now from Adam to us. But before Adam, the world was about billions of years. How can we know this? And how would the word of God bring light to understanding on this aspect. Now, we read the book of Job, the chapter 38, the verse 4 to 7, and the Bible says something very critical. It says that, where, where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou had understanding. Where was thou? When I laid the foundations of the earth, and this was God talking, and he's telling Job, declare if you have understanding. Now look at the verse 5. He said, who have laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who had stretched lines upon it. The verse says, whereupon are the foundations thereof are fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof. Now, we read the verse 7, and it says that when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Mm. Now, this simply means that before the earth was made, 
there were beings that were known as the morning stars and the sons of God. He said, look at the verse 4 very well. He, say, he says that, Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou understand. Who had laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who had stretched the line upon it? Where upon are the foundations thereof fast? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now, know that the Bible didn't say that the morning star. The Bible says that the morning stars. The morning stars. Now, let me deal with this carefully. Now, by scriptures, we know that Jesus is not only the morning star, which might come as a shock to a lot of people. Now, you read the scriptures, and in the book of Isaiah, the Bible speaks concerning another morning star. And that morning star there was also known as Lucifer. Now, people think that Lucifer hmm, is an evil name, yet they name their daughters Lucy. <laughs> now, being Luciferous simply means to be a carrier of lights. So there are Luciferic bulbs. And the sun is also luciferous. The moon is luciferous because it carries light. So when the word of God refers to an angel as a star, it is actually a classification of angels. So not all angels are actually stars. Not all angels are actually stars. This would make us understand how that in the book of Revelation, the Bible says that the enemy drew one third of the stars of the heavens. Which simply means the enemy drew a certain classification of angels. Another time I'll go into the kinds and the classifications of angels. Now, let us come back to the book of Genesis. Now, when we read the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 14, KJV and YLT. Now, look at what it says. The YLT says that And God said, Let luminaries be in the expanse of the heavens to make a separation between the day and the night. Then they have been for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Now, we read that in the KJV. And the Bible says that. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Which simply means that luminaries were actually stars. Now, we come back to the book of Job, the chapter 38 verses. And look at what it says. He said, Whereupon are the foundations thereof fasting? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? The foundations of this world are 
fasting to the longitudes and latitudes. That is why Ghana is a very blessed country. Because of the Greenwich Meridian. The foundation of this globe is fasting to Tema. And another time we'll talk about that. Listen. Everything that we see or we learn in school actually have its origination from scriptures. And it is God that plays that, them that way. Those latitudes and longitudes are high points of energy. And anybody who has entered into the spirit realm before understands what I'm talking about. And understand the means of transportation in a spirit realm. That would be for another time. But the Bible said, it is on those lines that God has fastened the foundations of this world and the foundations of the earth. Now, the book of Isaiah, the chapter 45, the verse 18, he says that, For thou seest the law that created the heavens, God himself, thou formed the earth and made it. He had established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Oh, so why then in the earth, in the verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, is without form and void? Because the Bible in the book of Isaiah chapter 45 verse 18 is telling us that God created the earth for it to be inherited and he didn't create it, he didn't create it in vain. So what actually happened? As I said, the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and the verse 2 in between were billions of years and there were things that actually happened and it is that that I want to share today the two ages before Adam and alongside I'll be talking about the seven dangerous spirits more than Satan and that is when we would get to understand certain beings and how they came into contact with the devil and are working in our age and how to overcome them. Hallelujah. Now, we read the book of Jeremiah, the chapter 4, the verse 23. And the Bible is saying something very interesting. It says that, My bowels, my bowels, I am pained, I am pained at my heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace. Because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Mm. The verse 20, it says that destruction upon destruction is crime. For the whole land is spoiled. Suddenly I am ten spoiled and my curtains in a moment. Verse 21, how long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? Verse 22, for my people is foolish, for they have not known me. They are Scottish children, and they have none understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. Verse 23, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form, and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. Hmm. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they tremble, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, 
there was no man. And all the beds of the heavens were flame. Now, this is a critical matter that we have to ponder on. Jeremiah is saying in the verse 23 of chapter 4 that he said, I beheld the earth and lo, it was without form and void and the heavens and they had no light. I beheld the mountains and lo, they trembled and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man. And all the beds of the heavens were flame. Now, let's go in deeper. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, when you check the scriptures, there are two kinds of men. There is the ish man, and there is the Adamic man. There is the Ish man and there is the Adamic man. But when you check the word man in the verse 25, you realize the Bible was actually talking about the Ish man and not the Adamic man. Which simply means anybody can check me out from the Strong's Bible. Which simply means that in this time, Adam had not appeared in the scene. It says that I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void, and the heavens, and they had no light. The verse 24. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. Verse 25. I beheld and lo, there was no man. And when you check this man, it's actually Ish and not Adam. Which simply means that when this war in the verse 19 and 20 of Jeremiah chapter 4 that the Bible is talking about was happening, there was no Adamic man. And the Bible emphatically was saying that there was no ish man. Which means before Adam came into the scene, there were men who existed. Oh, these ish men were angelic beings. No wonder, whenever, thank you Holy Spirit, whenever the Bible were referring to some angels, the Bible referred to them as men. We read the Bible in the book of Daniel. The Bible said, Behold, the man Gabriel. There were men who pre-existed before Adam. And they were kinds of men. Another time I'll be going into the four kinds of men. I'm so filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Now, We read the book of Isaiah, the chapter 14, verse 12, and look at what the Bible says. He said, 
how art thou fallen from heaven? Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning, mm. how art thou cut to down, how art thou cut down to the ground, which didst working the nations? With these working the nations now, listen to the Bible very carefully. The book of Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12, it says that, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Now, remember when we read the book of Job, the chapter 38, the Bible says that God was talking to Job. He said, where were you when I was making the foundations of the earth? When the sons of, when the morning stars, when, all the, when the morning stars, when the morning stars sang for joy. And the book of Isaiah is now making us understand that Lucifer was a son of the morning before he fell. So you see, the Bible didn't say that Lucifer was only the morning star. No. There were morning stars at the laying of the foundations of the earth and Lucifer was one of them. Because actually, Jesus is the head of the morning stars. Because the Bible says that he's the brightest of all the morning stars. So among all the morning stars, we see Jesus being the brightest morning star. When you read the book of Revelation, chapter 22, the verse 16, it says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. So now we know that Jesus was actually part of these morning stars, but he was the brightest one of all. Now, you see, most times, let me even hit it more. Now, most times, people think that Lucifer was actually the head of the morning star, but that was never true. Actually, the morning stars who sing, you remember the book of Job, he said when the morning stars sang, the morning star are a classification of angels who actually sing. And this is the reason why people have been saying that Satan was a choir leader or Lucifer was a choir leader. However, that is never true because the Bible emphatically say, or the Bible emphatically speak concerning how that Jesus is the head of the morning stars. Now, when we read the Bible, you realize that if Satan was actually a choir, he was actually part of the choir because Jesus was supposed to be the head of the choir. When you read the book of Hebrews, the chapter 2, the verse 10, it says that, For it became him for whom all, for whom, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. The verse 11. For both he that sanctified, and they are sanctified, are, and they that are sanctified are all in one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Verse 12. Saying, I would declare thy name unto my brethren. And in the midst of the church, I would sing unto thee, Praises. 
Verse 12, he says, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church, I will sing praises unto thee. The sweetest voice in this universe is the voice of Jesus. Because when you read from verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 2, we know that we are emphatically talking about Jesus. He said, for it became him for whom, all, for whom are all things, by and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctified and they that are, and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. The verse 12, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church, I would sing praises unto thee. God is actually, or Christ, or Jesus is actually a musician. And the sweetest voice in this universe is the voice of Jesus. Now, when you read the book of Revelation, the chapter 15, the verse 3, he says that, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, and the song of the Lamb, saying, great are marvelous are thy works. Great and marvelous are thy works. Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways. Thou king of the sing. Jesus have the song and they sing. He is the composer. He is the one who is actually the leader of the choristic groups in heaven. Jesus is the brightest morning star. And among all the morning star who sings, Jesus is their leader. And never Satan. And or never Lucifer. Now, back to the book of Isaiah, the chapter 14, the verse 13 to 18. He said, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? With this wicked, with this wicked the nations, the verse 18. For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I would ascend above the heights of the clouds. I would be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pits. They that see thee shall not really look upon thee and consider thee saying, Is this the man that made the earth tremble? That is shaking doms. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We know that the Bible is talking about Lucifer here from verse 12. And the Bible says that, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? Where did wicked nations? Now, we move to the verse 16 and the Bible is saying that, they that see thee shall not really look upon thee and consider thee saying, Is this the man? We are seeing Lucifer, and the Bible is referring to him as the man that made the earth tremble and did shake nations. Listen, before Adam appeared into the scene, there was already a man, or there were nations, oh my goodness, which existed. There were kingdoms which existed before Adam came into the scene. Now, 
when we read the verse 17 and 18, he says that that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. That opened not the house of the of his um, of his prisoners. The verse 18, he said, All the kings of the nations, even all of them, lie in glory, everyone in his own house. So now we see nations and we see kings existing and Adam has not even been in the scene. As I say, and I'll repeat again, before Adam appeared into the scene, there existed nations and kingdoms. Between the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and verse 2, there were things that actually happened. Now, to settle some disputes, some disputes, most times when people are saying there was no pre-Adamic world, they quote the book of 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 5 and 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 5. Now, before we even go there, we have to understand that there are two to three angelic fallings based on how you are looking at it. There are two to three angelic fallings based on how you are looking at it. Now, the book of Genesis, the chapter says, when the angels fell, was post-Adamic. The book of Genesis, chapter 6. People think that that was pre-Adamic. No, that was post-Adamic. And people think nothing is happening in the angelic realm. Because the book of Genesis chapter 6, that was when the sons of God saw the daughters of men. And the Bible says that they took to them wives. That falling was actually post-Adamic. Now, people begin to think that after that fall, nothing has been happening in the spirit realm or in the angelic realm. That would have been a very boring realm or a very boring world. There are things still going on in the spirit realm or in the angelic realm. There are angels who are trying also to overthrow God. How do I know this? Now, when you read the book of Job, the word of God speaks concerning how that a secret was brought to him and his ear received the letter. You see, most times these things, they are not revealed to us because God wouldn't want to bother us with those things in that realm. And even if God would want you to know, it is actually purposely for your growth. Because when you read the book of Job chapter 4, verse 12 to 19, look at what the Bible says. He said, now a thing was secretly brought to me and my ear received a little. In thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, fear came upon me and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face 
the hairs of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern the form thereof. An image was before mine eyes. There was silence, and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Look at the verse 18. Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and in his angels he charged with folly. How much less in them that dwell in houses of clay, whose foundations is in the dust, which are crushed before the moth. Now, the verse 18 says that, Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels he charged with folly. Now, if, in case you don't know, whenever the word of God spoke concerning how that someone was charged with folly, it simply means that sexual misconduct. So when you read the book of 2 Samuel, the chapter 13, the verse 12, look at what the Bible says. He said, And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not do this fully. 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 And this actually speaks concerning how that a brother wanted to have a sexual relation with a sister. And the verse 12 says that, And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not do this fully. Now, another time I'll talk about, no, let me not talk about this thing. <laughs> let me just skip this. I was about saying something very, very cardinal. But for the sake of our, our meeting today, we have to understand this. When we read the chapter 17 of Job, the, uh, the verse 17 to 19 of Job chapter 4, it says that shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Behold, he put no trust in his servants and his angels. He charged with fully. Which simply means that right after the book of Genesis chapter 6, where angels actually slept with the daughters of men, as time went on, there have been angels who have been involved in follies. But that is not our topic for today. I only wanted us to understand that there are still fallings. That's the reason I said there are two to three based on how you are looking at it. Now, so back to Peter chapter 2, verse 5, and 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, he said, and spread not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now, this flood speaks concerning the post-Adamic flood in Noah's time. It speaks concerning the post-Adamic flood in Noah's time. 2 Peter 2, 5. That flood there speaks concerning the post-Adamic. Now, we read 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 5. And look at what it says. It says that, For this they willingly are ignorant of. Which simply means that this thing that we are talking about, some people have decided to be ignorant of it. The truth is there. 
But some people have decided to be ignorant of that. And look at what he said. He said, for this, they really are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in water. The verses, whereby the well that was, he said, that then was being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, the heavens and earth, so you see, he said, the heavens or the earth of the old, being out of water and in water. And he's saying that that earth perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men, which now corresponds with the book of Jeremiah, when the Bible says that there was a destruction upon the earth. And the Bible says that there was a war in that time. Now, the two ages before Adam. Let's go more into that. I only wanted to set the foundations so that we understand them very well. Now, there was the prime pre-Adamic age. And there was the Adamic age. They are two different things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There was the prime pre-Adamic age followed by the pre-Adamic age before we had the Adamic age. How can we show that? Now, let's first deal with the prime pre-Adamic age. Now, this age is actually also known as the age of the chief ones or princes. It is also known as the age of the chief ones or princes. So, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Bible speaks concerning the princes of this world. When you read it in KJV, Amplified, and NIV, the Bible says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing ways of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. The verse 5. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to north. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world, before the world, unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not crucify the Lord of God. Now, we have to look at this matter everywhere. Let us take it one by one. 1 Corinthians. The chapter 1 verse 2. The KJV says that unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, 
to them that are sanctified in Jesus Christ, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Christ, Jesus, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Both this and ours. Now, you read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. From verse 2 coming. Or, let's take it, okay, let's take it from verse 2. The KJV says that, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ, and him crucified. Verse 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear. And in my trembling, verse 4, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing ways of man's, man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Mm, verse 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our God. Which God ordained before the world unto our God. Now, this same verse, we read it in Amplify. And look at what it says. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 coming. And it says, And my language and my message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, and plausible words of wisdom, but they were in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power that is a proof by the Spirit and power of God operating on me and staring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and doubts persuading them. The verse 5. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, that is human philosophy, but in the power of God. Yet when we are among the full grown, that is spiritually matured Christians who are raped in understanding, we do impart a higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden, but it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age. It is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world nor the leaders and the rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. Who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. Now, the word of God is now giving us the princes of this world. When you read the, the Amplifier, he says that they are the rulers of this age. 
when you read the KJV, it says that they are known as the princes of this world. Now, when you read the book of Daniel, the chapter 10, the verse 18, the word of God speaks concerning the chief princes. He said, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Lo and behold, Michael, one of the chief prince, and the Bible actually called Michael, man. This will now make you understand how that angels are also known as men. When you read the book of Daniel, the chapter 8, verse 16, and the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 21. Now, the book of Daniel, chapter 8, verse 16, he said, And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. Now, look at the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 21. He said, Yea. While I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about that time and the time and the evening oblation. The man Gabriel. Now, when you check the man there, you realize that the word is ish. Ish and not Adam. Which now fits in how that in that age, the man Adam never existed. But there were beings, the morning stars, the sons of God. And these angelic chief princes, of which Michael is one of them, who existed in that age. Now, so who are the chief ones? Now, there are eight chief ones revealed in scripture. But there are more than that. <clears throat> there are eight chief ones revealed in scripture. But there are more than that. Now, how do we know them? When we read the book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 to 13, and the book of Matthew chapter 12, verse 44, to 45. Now, in the New Testament, the chief ones are referred to as the master spirit or spiritual wickedness. The master spirits or spiritual wickedness. Now, the word wickedness there is not as wickedness of the mind, though. Nah. When you check the word in Hebrew, it simply means that they are known as the Plotted. It means it simply means plotters. People who plot wickedness. It simply means plotters. So now, when we read the book of Ephesians, chapter six, verse twelve to thirteen, when you read it in KJV Amplified, Philip's Bible, and YLT. Now the KJV. Look at what it says. He said, "For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. <clears throat> now, most times we read this and we think that it is actually one classification of people that the Bible is talking about. So, no. He says that we, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Principalities are a classification of beings. Against powers. Powers are a classification of beings. Against the rulers of the dark of the darkness of this world they are also a classification of beings against spiritual wickedness in high places and they are also a classification of beings when we read the amplify he says that for our struggle is not against flesh and blood contending only with physical opponents but against the rulers against the powers against the world forces of this present darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural places these people are not just mere beings that we see when we the phillips he says that in conclusion be strong not in yourself but in the lord in the power of his bundle his bondless resource um, um, his bondless resource put on god's complete armor so that you can successfully resist all the devil's method of attack for our fight is not against any physical enemy, no. It is against organizations and powers that are spiritual. We are against the unseen power that control the dark world and spiritual agents from the very headquarters of evil. <laughs> from the very headquarters of evil. Let me tell you, the dark realm have headquarters. And these headquarters are beings known as the master spirits which are more dangerous than satan they are more dangerous than satan now jesus comes into the scene and says that if a spirit leaves a body it goes to look for seven more wicked spirits where was Jesus picking that idea from? These beings are plotters. They are the beings that when they come together, they plot. They are the beings <laughs> that are in charge of the evil world and they rule the headquarters of the evil world. When we read Matthew chapter 12, verse 43, it says that when the, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walked through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Verse 44. Then he said, I'll return into my house from whence I came out. And when he came, when he, he is come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Then he goeth, then goeth he, sorry, and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so, shall it be also unto these wicked generations. How did Jesus know this? Because it was a pattern of what Satan did. How did Satan become Satan? It was these seven wicked spirits that moved Satan to become Satan. They were the ones who influenced Satan to become Satan. How did I know? The word wickedness ponaria is the same as iniquity 
The word wickedness is punaria, which simply means iniquity. And remember, when you read the Bible, the Bible says that Satan, he was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in him. Hmm. He was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in him. Ponaria, wickedness, is the same as iniquity. When we read the book of Ezekiel chapter 28, he said, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till wickedness was found in thee. Till wickedness. So these seven master spirits convey Satan and push Satan to become Satan. The wickedness was found in him. Poneria. The original idea to overthrow God didn't come from Satan. It came from these iniquity spirits. They were the beings to first fall in the prime prima Adamic age. Before pre-Adamic world. They were the beings to first rebel against God. It was from there that God had his first enemy. And even in our present age, God still called that person his enemy. These seven master spirits were the ones who sat down to plan and push the devil ahead. To try to overthrow God. However, that idea already pre-existed before Satan came into the scene. So you see, before Satan became Satan, God already had issues of beings trying to overthrow him. And that wasn't the first time. So when Satan tried that, that, was at, that wasn't actually the first time. Then they found this angel who was close to the throne, who was also a morning star. What does that mean? It simply means if any kingdom will fall, it will not fall with an outsider, but an insider. Jesus said, a kingdom risen against itself is what will not stand. They wanted to overthrow God and they found Lucifer and plotted with him and they pushed him because he was closer to the throne. When we read the book of Matthew chapter 12 verse 25, the Bible says, And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. If anyone wants to destroy a church, he will use the world. He will not use the world, sorry, but will use the church members. If the enemy wants to destroy a church, 
he's never going to use the well. But rather, he's going to use the people in the church. Matthew 10, 35. He said, For I have come to set a man at variance against his father, and daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be his own households. A man's enemy shall be his own households. In Akan, there is a proverb that we, we will normally see. It says that a boy be to me. A man's enemy shall be his own households. Now, going into these beings, let's talk about these beings, these seven spirits. Now, God has two serious enemies and Satan is not part of them. God, he has two serious enemies and Satan is not part of them. The first enemy of God is money. The first enemy of God is mammon, which is money. There will be no evil unless there is the love of money. Among the seven wicked spirits, mammon is a master spirit. Among the seven wicked spirits, mammon, he is the master spirit. He is the first person that actually thought of overthrowing God. Because he was the closest to the um, he was the closest to God of all the chief spirits. Jesus said, one cannot serve two masters, and he didn't say Satan. He said, God and Mammon. People, I always say this: evil have evil and sin has where it originated from. It originated from iniquity. And iniquity. It's also known as wickedness, wicked spirits. It came out from, you see, most times certain things happen to us, certain evil happen to us, and we think Satan is the root of it. But that is never so. Because there are iniquity spirits who are also known as the chief, the chief spirits. The book of Matthew, the chapter 6, verse 24, it says that no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve two masters, God and Mammon. God and Mammon. God and Mammon. Let me tell you something. Mammon, he is actually the being that stands almost contrary to God. It is not Satan. You see, when you understand these things, the spirit realm will be more open to you. And you understand why the Bible says that your adversary, the devil, the enemy of man is what is Satan. But you realize that when you read the Bible, The Bible speaks concerning the enemy of God. And I'll be talking about that enemy. But the first enemy of God is Mammon. He is the one. 
that stands almost opposition to God. It's about love and hate. Oh. Remember Jesus said, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Listen, evil has a root and it is not Satan. It is mammon. Evil, it has a root and it is mammon. He was the first person to thought of overthrowing God. What is the greatest thing that a man of God must withdraw from? The Christians and the believers should run away from fornication. But if you're a man of God, your issue is not fornication. No. The Bible says that flee from the love of money. When we read 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 10, it says that for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Look at the verse 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. The greatest test of a man of God is the test of money. Can I talk to you? If I am to open it up more, do you know that to have a problem with money is more serious than a problem with fornication? In the sight of God, the issue of money is more serious than an issue of fornication. The more you grow in Christ, you will know that after fornication, your greatest trial is money. Did you ever see Satan coming to Jesus and offering him women? No. But the Bible says Satan showed him the beauty of this world, the wealth and the kingdoms of this world. Do you know Satan was in charge of the metamnize of the heavens. When you read the book of Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 16, it says that thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. And read the verse 16, it says, but thy multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou have sinned. By their trading floor, when you read that verse, it says that, the verse 16 says that by your trading, by your trading you have sinned. Mama, can I talk to you more? Can I talk to you more? Do you know that the Bible says that prayer is a good thing, but money answers it all. But do you know that God also answers prayers? Do you believe that God answers prayers? I believe your answer will be yes. But do you know that the Bible also says that money answers it all? Actually, 90% of our prayers as Christians, money can solve that problem. If you like, check your life. 90% of your prayers, money can solve that problem. If you had money, you wouldn't be praying those prayers. People of God. The first enemy of God is mammon. Money. He was actually the master planner of the plan in overthrowing God. The second wicked spirit is known as death. 
the second wicked spirit is known as death. Today, out of the seven master spirits or the seven wicked spirits, I'm going to give four as directed by the Holy Spirit. The second wicked spirit is known as death. Now, I wish I could talk about how death went to contract with Satan to deceive man. But that will be for another time. The last enemy of God is known as death. To be carnally minded is death. And that is the enemy of God. Now when we read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 26, it says that, let's start from 25, it says that, for he must reign till he had put all enemies under his feet. The verse 26 says, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Now, when we read the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 40, it says that in death and hell, that brings us to the third being. The third master being or the third wicked spirit is hell. Hell is the one who fights the church and not Satan. So when we read the book of Revelation chapter 20, verse 40, it says that and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. Death. The word of God speaks concerning the sons of death. And sin. And, and the sons of death. And sickness or disease is one of them. Listen, there are master spirits. There are spirits who are known as the chief spirits. There are spirits who are known as the sons of God. There are spirits who are known as, who are known as the morning stars. There are spirits who are known as the cherubs, the angels, and all these beings existed before Adam. I've given the first spirit. The first master spirit, which is Mammon. The second master spirit is there. The third master spirit is hell. And I've said how that hell is the one that fights the church. When we read the book of Matthew, the chapter 18, the chapter 16, sorry, verse 18, it says something. It says that, and I say unto thee, and I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is the last spirit? Or what is the last wicked spirit I'll talk about today? The last wicked spirit is the beast. When we read the book of Revelation chapter 19, verse 19, In the book of Revelation chapter 13 verse 4, the book of Revelation chapter 19 verse 19, it says that, And I saw the beasts and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. Now, if you understand this, you realize that when you read the book of Revelation, the chapter 1, when the revelation was given to John, 
the Bible speaks concerning how that Jesus was the one who sits upon the horse. And the Bible calls him the lamp that sits on the horse. And the Bible speaks concerning how that his eyes were as blazing fire. And you now read the book of Revelation chapter 19 verse 19 and it said, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. Now you read the book of Revelation chapter 13. The verse 4. And the Bible says that, And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? These are actually the four master or the four wicked spirits I'll talk about today. People. There is a prime pre-Adamic age. And there is the pre-Adamic age. Another time I'll come and talk about the pre-Adamic age. Of how Satan fell. Because the prime Adamic age, the prime pre-Adamic age, was when these seven wicked spirits actually fell. The pre-Adamic age was when Satan, who was Lucifer, fell before the Adamic age. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And I will urge you to keep on listening. I'll be talking about the angelic realm and the kinds and the classification of angels, as I said earlier, in another message. I'll be talking about the Adamic age. I'll be talking about how God dealt with that age and why God said he will not destroy the earth with water again because he had already done that in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. No wonder the Bible says that the earth was without form and void. And the spirit of the Lord hovered or moved over the waters. Something happened, people. And we have to be conscious of that. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. May the good Lord bless you. Thank you, Father Lord, for granting us understanding for giving us this revelation on this way. We thank you for such a wonderful encounter. We bless your holy name. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We lift your name high. We thank you and we pray that let your Holy Spirit give us greater revelations and more understanding. That we may know you more and understand your world. Even the ages to come. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. My name has always been Pastor Samuel of Christ Jesus Assembly. In case you want to listen to our messages, you can go to YouTube at Christ Wisdom Assembly. You can go to Facebook at CWA Virtual Church. You can follow us on our social media pages on Instagram, we are Christ Wisdom Assembly. On TikTok, we are Christ Wisdom Assembly. And to follow me personally, the name is the Pastor Samuel, the Pastor Samuel on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. May the good Lord be with you. Shalom.